Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much To Say. But don't go asking questions that you don't want answers to. I've got too much to say, and I'll tell it all to you, yeah. Okay, on this week's episode, we are going to be discussing a hot-button topic uh, about narcissists, but... A lot of the information out there, a lot of the podcasts out there skew towards dating and marriage and occasionally parents. So those types of uh, narcissistic relationships. But this week I'm going to focus on friends. I think that that's a really important one, uh, especially if you're the kind of person who has like really, really close friendships, deep friendships. You can attract these kind of people. And I also want to dispel some myths about narcissism. The word is grossly overused and it's really important to understand it before you ever call somebody that. Um... And I would like to say, disclaimer, I am not a doctor. I have a high school degree and 15 years of experience in the music industry. But I do have a lifetime's worth of experience dealing with these types of people. Um, that being said, all of the information that I'm using today comes from uh, doctors. Like I, I didn't do any like sketchy sources, double checked everything. Um, but specifically, uh, Alice Fry, Dr. Alice Fry and Dr. Romani Durvasula. And they're both amazing. They're experts in the field of narcissism, and they do a lot of research on that. Dr. Romani has an amazing podcast. I highly recommend you check it out. And listening to her podcast is part of what inspired me to do this episode. So one of the biggest myths about narcissism, according to Dr. Romani, is that it is only a personality disorder, where in fact it's actually a personality trait. It's something that you can have the same way that you could be agreeable. And that's also an important word because a lot of people, if you ask them what the opposite of a narcissist is, they'd say like, oh, like someone who's humble. But the opposite of narcissism is actually agreeableness, agreeability, whatever that word <laughs> would be. Um, it's being agreeable. And narcissism goes so much deeper than just like being vain and, and liking yourself. And that's a huge, huge misconception. These aren't people who stare in the mirror all day. They're actually people who can't look in the mirror. So they just say everything to other people 
that they would like to say to themselves, but they're never going to do it. Um, (laughs) So everyone that I'm talking about on this podcast with my personal experience, I'm not trying to diagnose anybody, but it is uh, absolutely glaring that they have some narcissistic tendencies. So Dr. Alice Fry says that narcissism turns into a disorder when those traits happen persistently and constantly and they affect the narcissist's daily life they they go from just like a quirk or something that you can work on over time something to talk about in therapy something to like look inside yourself to something that is really difficult to treat and there's some really fascinating stuff out there um by narcissists talking about narcissism so it's there's one called the self-aware narcissist and it's really fascinating because he lets you in on what it's like inside his brain. And I thought that was actually really hopeful because I also believed that if someone is diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, there's no treating them. Um, A very close member of my family got diagnosed with that. And those are also rare diagnoses to get because narcissists typically hate therapy or they're really good at lying to their therapist. Um, Even Dr. Romani, who's an expert, said on the Call Her Daddy podcast that sometimes like she'll take months with a patient before realizing they're a narcissist. And I think that that's terrifying and, and tells you how good these people are at manipulating people's opinions of them and just the world around them. Um, so the DSMV, which is like the, um, diagnostic manual of mental disorders. Uh, that's like the, I mean, it's like the magnum opus of that. That's where what doctors reference, it's like the thing. Um, They describe narcissistic personality disorder as an overwhelming sense of self-importance, an obsession with fantasies about being incredibly successful, powerful, intelligent, attractive, or loved, a belief that they are more special and unique than others, a need for excessive admiration, a strong sense of entitlement, a habit of constantly taking advantage of other people, a lack of empathy towards others, an envy of others, and a haughty attitude. And if you take each one of those things and separate them, like you're likely to relate to something I just read because humans are imperfect. I absolutely, I mean, I also have an obsession with fantasies about being incredibly successful, powerful, intelligent, attractive, and loved. I'd like to be all of those things. Um, I, however, will not bulldoze somebody else to get that. And I won't lie to somebody else to get that. Um, and who doesn't want excessive admiration, right? But there's a point where it just becomes like icky. Like I want to be admired by the people closest to me. And I also found out as I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, I don't like attention. I like validation. I want someone to tell me, Hey, you're really good at writing songs and you should keep doing that. I don't want like a hundred people coming at me and being like, Oh, like, like staring at me on the street. I don't want that. I just want to be told that I'm good at the things that I love. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so you're probably going to see some of yourself in that list. But again, Dr. Alice Fry says it's when it just like affects your daily life on a grand scale. And I do think that like the more severe ones that come at the end of the list, like habit of constantly taking advantage of other people, lack of empathy, envy of others and a haughty attitude. Those ones are that like we shouldn't relate to, you know, and the taking advantage thing is big. And we're really, we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, narcissism is actually rooted in the opposite of high esteem of oneself. So it's actually not about being vain as much as it is about being so insecure. So these aren't just people who look in the mirror all the time. They're people who can't look at themselves in the mirror and just say everything to everybody else. And that is a really hard thing to be around. Um, 
studies show that between three and six percent of people um, have narcissistic personality disorder. So that's not even accounting for the people who have just like narcissistic tendencies. But it says between three and six percent. However, there's not a lot of information on this because narcissists are unlikely to identify as narcissists. Um, they're unlikely to identify as anything other than amazing. Um, but chances are you've met one. We all meet hundreds of people in our lives and it would make sense that a handful of those people you meet would have narcissistic personality disorder. So if you're like, I feel like I've come across quite a few people with these tendencies, but I do also think that agreeable people or people who just give a lot tend to attract those kind of, you know, self-centered people who want to take advantage of them. And I have gotten really good at setting, setting boundaries as I've gotten older and I feel like kind of ungaslightable and it feels so good. I've been working on this in therapy, but this has not always been like that. I have been so gullible, just given so much of myself to people who could not give less of a fuck about me. And I have been there. I've been there with men, family members, um, never dated a narcissistic girl, but I have been really good friends with one. So that's, that's difficult. There's actually some studies as well that show that um, people who have narcissistic personality disorder have less gray matter in their brain in the area that's related to empathy, um, and that's according to the Mayo Clinic. And then as far as where it comes from, you could have narcissistic parents and both have some sort of like genetic component to that, but also learn from modeling yourself after them. You also could have just toxic parents in a different way. People who are narcissists are very likely to come from homes where they either had an insane amount of pressure on them or an insane amount of excusing their behavior and letting them get away, away with anything. So like a parent who would be like, you're such a huge disappointment. You got to be on your test or the kid like goes and like lights some shit on fire and they're like, Oh, that's just how they are. Like, that's the kind of people we're talking about. Um, it is one of the hardest to treat conditions for the reason that I said earlier, like narcissists don't go to therapy, they don't seek help, but it is amazing to see that there are people like the the guy who runs the self-aware narcissist podcast who are seeking help and working on themselves. And that makes me feel so much better talking about this topic because the whole like throw the whole person away thing really stresses me out. But it's also like you do have to cut off the narcissist in your life, but there is room for improvement and self-awareness. And I just think that that's very, very hopeful and helpful. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back. And I'm going to talk about some of my personal experiences with this. So we're going to spill some tea. I will see you guys in a bit. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Okay, so I'm going to kind of do this part backwards and I'm going to tell you some stories about my experiences with people that I consider to be very narcissistic. And then I'm going to tell you um, what to look for and then you'll be able to kind of see the whole picture come together from the story and all the red flags that I missed that you don't have to because you can research this earlier in your life than I did. <laughs> um, okay, so I think that my ex-boyfriend had some really narcissistic qualities. I don't know if he was like... I don't want to say smart, but I don't know if he was like conniving enough. He just had really bad rage issues. And um, it's the the guy that my song F You Forever is about. And there was some really scary moments in our relationship. Um, the first one that I can really remember that wasn't just like little stuff like the first. Well, the first little thing that happened, I guess, is maybe not that little, but like he lied to me about how many people he'd slept with and that is one thing but he had actually slept with somebody after we started sleeping together and we weren't officially exclusive but I had asked him if he was sleeping with anybody else because I was you know really paranoid about STDs which is a very okay thing to be paranoid about and he said um no I haven't and I'm not and I was like okay and then when I we got to the point in our relationship like a couple months later where I was like oh how many people have you slept with um he told me how many and like you know who they were because it wasn't that many um, at that point in his life um things have changed <laughs> um but then a couple months later I found out did a nude shoot with this girl he'd hooked up with before and I was like hey can you please like you know if you're gonna do a nude shoot with her because I'm a cool girlfriend I was like could you just like have somebody else there like a makeup artist or whatever and he was like oh yeah I guess so and I was like yeah that's really important to me and like if she so basically like if you're alone could she keep her clothes on if she won't keep her clothes on can you not be alone and I think that's a really fair compromise and he told me he did that. I was like, okay. So we live together at this point and he is showing me some pictures on his laptop of the shoot that he did with this girl. And I was like trying to be supportive. And then I like saw something kind of sketchy. Like she, she like was wearing like, all of a sudden she's wearing like the risky business, um, Tom Cruise, like button down white shirt and like no pants. And I was like, Hmm, where'd her pants go? And then I just reached over and I pressed the the forward arrow on his laptop keyboard like really, really fast and immediately found all these like nudes he'd taken of her. 
And I was just so fucking pissed. So I like grab my purse and I leave. I go to a friend's house and I come back to my house later um, to get some more stuff because I was I was not planning on coming back anytime soon. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to look at his laptop because I don't trust him. And I feel like, you know, I acknowledge that this is wrong, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to own that I'm wrong in this scenario. And because I think I'm going to find something out. And I found out that he had slept with our roommate's best friend who was over the house all the time, um, like maybe a week or two before we started officially dating. And I just never liked this girl. I always thought she was really weird to me. And it turns out she was like in love with my boyfriend. And that was a whole thing. And then I got back together with him because I'm a fucking idiot. But um, that was like, that is a great microcosm of the issues in our relationship. And then as time went on, he kind of got, you know, more controlling and more jealous of stuff with my career. But then it all came to a head one night. He was really drunk at a party um, that I was at and it was like a work party and I was performing and really needed to be like on my game cause there were some investors there and there was an open bar and it was really fun. Um, but he drank too much and I wasn't drinking at all because I was trying to network and I was like driving everybody and I was like, I'm going to be responsible. And he had just like 12 too many gin and tonics. That's an exaggeration. Okay. When I'm talking shit about people, I need to not exaggerate. I, he had like probably like eight too many gin and tonics. And um, on the right, he started talking really loudly while somebody else was performing. And I like leaned over and in like the nicest 22 year old Kaylee way, I like was like, hey, like, um, I think you might be louder than you realize you are. And like this girl's playing like a really like kind of quiet song. Like maybe you could like bring it down a little bit. And his face just drops like all the blood drained out of his body. And he was like, OK, we need to go. And I was like, well, I don't really want to go. And he's like, no, we need to go. And he goes outside and I was like, okay, fine. So I follow him out and everybody leaves. And then when him and I are in the car alone, after we like leave our friends, he starts crying and screaming and saying that I embarrassed him. And then all of a sudden he's like banging his fists on my dashboard and then like reaching over and like hitting my steering wheel with his fist, like trying to like run us off the road and I was like what the fuck and he's just like crying and his voice is so deep and like loud and so it's really upsetting when he would yell because it just always sounded scarier than it was but it was very scary in that moment um and so that was like the first like time there was violence of any sort involved and I I wouldn't really even have called that violence but I will now because it was like a I mean he tried to run the car off the road I feel like that's Look at me gaslighting myself for him. He doesn't even have to do it anymore. Um, anyways, so six months later was when um, the incident that I talk about in uh, Effie Forever happened where um, he cheated on me. I took a week because my therapist told me to, to like break, like take a breather, but we weren't on a break at all. Um, I went and stayed at a friend's house, but I was like, I just need some like space from this to think about it. If I get back together with you, like we're getting married and I'm we're never breaking up if we make it through this. So I'm trying to be responsible. And he just like, at first was like, okay, cool. That's like really mature. That makes sense. And then he starts like losing his mind. And my best friend at the time invited us both to her birthday party. And like, I am like, why would, why would you invite this guy that your fucking best friends having issues with to your birthday party? So we have to hang out. And once again, I was not drinking. Um, cause I was like really 
emotional and didn't want to be around him. And I was like trying to be there for my friend because like birthdays are very important to her. And um, he like gets really drunk at this party and pulls me into another room and is like, I want to talk to you. Like I want to get back together. And I was like, dude, we have couples therapy scheduled tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. And like, we're going to talk about this with somebody there and we're going to do this the right way. Like I'm not talking to you about this when you're wasted and I'm sober and we're tired. And he was like, okay, fine. And then we get in the Uber with like three of our friends to go back to our apartment. Cause I was going to get some like more stuff and then go back to my friends, um, who were two of the girls in the car with us. Um, and the Uber driver's like, how's your night going? And he's like, it's going awful. Thanks for asking. And I was like, okay, um, get back to the apartment. And I'm like thinking I'm, I'm safe. I thought it was just going to be kind of moody because there's so many people around. Like two of our friends are on the balcony. One was in the living room. I'm in the bathroom and I'm kind of like having a moment, like a little panic attack, just keeping to myself. I was getting my skincare stuff. And then I just sat up against the bathtub and I was just like, I just need to breathe for a second. That was a lot to have to be around him for that long. And then he comes into the bathroom, like bangs on the door, opens it up and I don't open it up. He just walks in and he like sits in front of me. He's like, I need to know if you're breaking up with me. And I was like, well, the point is like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say that because we're talking about it in therapy and like, I want to do this the right way. And he was like, I need you to tell me. And then he just starts repeating himself. Like, I need you to tell me. I need you to tell me. You got to tell me. I need you to tell me. And that's like kind of freaky when someone talks to you like that. And then his voice gets louder and louder and he starts, he grabs me by the shoulders and he shakes me and slams me up against the bathtub and is like, you need to tell me, but like yelling it so loud, so deep, like sounds like the fucking gates of hell opened up. And I just like went like limp and like could not believe what was happening. And then he was like, are you breaking up with me? And I was like, yes, I am. I, I am. And then he runs out into the living room which is like right outside the bathroom and just starts screaming like no at the top of his lungs like held the note for so long it was like operatic both in drama and in lung capabilities and I was like god somebody's gonna call the cops and our friends like heard slash saw everything happen like they came running as soon as they heard the slamming because it was very apparent that like you know somebody was being you know that was happening um so my friend comes in sits on the floor with me and then he runs out to the parking garage stands on the edge of the parking garage and then somebody comes and gets me and I was like okay and I like they were like you need to talk him down off the parking garage because he says he's gonna kill himself and I was like okay um and trying to be sensitive and I like was still processing the fact that he just like put his hands on me for the first time in our relationship and he's on the edge of the parking garage and he looks at me he's like if I jump you're going to be to blame and it'll be your fault. And I was like, Oh God. Well, um, I, and I don't even remember what I said to him. Cause I think I just like blacked out from trauma at that point, but I know I wasn't mean. I know I didn't yell or hit back. I just was like weirdly calm because I was so traumatized in that moment. Um, and so that whole night was crazy, but then what's crazier is just how he acted after the breakup and like talked so much shit about me and, you know, fucked my friends and obviously we're not my friends um and just did all this stuff and then I know now because I've become friends with some of his other ex-girlfriends that he got even like worse after we broke up which is horrible um but that really points to like narcissistic rage and that kind of like projection like he cheated on me he was angry with himself but he had to get angry at me 
because he wished he could beat himself up instead, um, but would never get to the point where he could acknowledge that. So that was like a big one. But as far as like other types of narcissists, like there's some really conniving ones out there. So there's this strategy that narcissists will do called smear campaigns. And everybody knows what a smear campaign is, but in the topic of narcissism, it's specific. And it's when somebody tries to slowly disassemble your support system and take all these like safety nets away from you and make everybody hate you. And there's like, I've seen stuff like in high school where like somebody's mad at a girl because she's like slept with her boyfriend and every she wants all the girls to hate that girl because she doesn't want her to have friends like that's that's complicated that's drama but then there's like this smear campaign and basically my friend starts dating this guy who was my really good friend and I don't know what I did I think I told I think I told them not to move in together after knowing each other for five weeks and um, I will stand by that and I was also like going through a depressive episode of like bipolar, which I normally just keep to myself. I take my medicine, I read, I do yoga, I stay out of bars and I don't really have a social battery. So I was doing all the right stuff that I've learned how to do in therapy because I've done a lot of therapy and I, I know what works for myself, right? Like we're supposed to trust ourselves when it comes to self-care. But apparently I wasn't like around enough and they thought I was I was being a bad friend and I was like well I'm kind of depressed and Sam and I are arguing a lot and then it just like made no sense narcissists don't make any sense so if you're ever like really fucking confused by something like start thinking like this and see if it adds up but even when I tried to anytime I tried to tell the story it just sounds crazy but basically like this guy ends up like slowly dismantling my life from my adult best friend to my elementary school best friend middle school best friend who moved to Nashville to um like members of Sam's family to um Sam's friends and then to Sam himself and was like trying to get him to break up with me and I do not think it's because this guy had a crush on me that would be way too easily explainable it was just like some weird thing and I think it might be because I recognized he was love bombing my friend and I'd now seen him go, go through two breakups that looked strikingly similar to each other and was kind of like starting to be like, hmm, this guy's being a little weird. And narcissists really hate being fucking seen. They really hate being seen. And you know what they love to do? They love to call you a narcissist. Um, and that's why we can't throw around the word. I don't think it's fair to do that, um, like to someone's face and whatever. Like you have to think long and hard before you, you know, come to terms with somebody being narcissistic or having a personality disorder and that is something only a doctor can do but this shit was like undeniable and the lies and the gaslighting and I have these like crazy texts from him like I've never gotten in this long of a text argument like with a guy that I wasn't dating I was like what the hell like we don't what what like <laughs> I thought that we only fought like this with like boyfriends and shit and he just was like going off he sent me one of those texts that was so long you had to click on it and I was like god there's so few people on the planet I care enough to type that long for my thumbs would hurt what are you even doing and he said this crazy thing about um because I'd lost all my friends after my breakup with my ex-boyfriend because I don't know he, he manipulated people like got people on his side whatever um and he's like knew that I was really really like insecure about that and said something like he was like 
You didn't want our whole friend group to split up like yours did after your breakup, but that's the track you're putting us on. Deal with your shit and I'll keep my distance. I hope you figure it out. And I was like, I did not put you on any track. I intentionally kept you off of it. You all chose to involve yourself in something you knew you didn't have the full context for. And I was like, appreciate the space. I need it. And that's the last thing we ever said. But like, that's such a fucking mean thing to say to be like, everybody's going to leave you just like they did last time. So when somebody says something like that, um, that's a huge red flag. Recently, I've been dealing with somebody who reminds me way too much of those two people. And um, this person is a woman. And I like hate using my podcast to talk shit about people. But this has just been so fucking crazy. And this person like stole from me. And I have them like doing something crazy on camera. And they lied about all of it and have just gaslit me into oblivion and it's just been insane and I forgot that like adults behaved like this and it's just so like sinister and um I have proof for all of it and it's like she can literally look at a camera and be like no you're hearing that wrong like no I'm not and she's like yes you are like just thinking that she can just gaslight like that well I'm like girly uh uh-uh I've been to too much therapy for this. And also you're going to have to get better at, at lying because I can see right through you. And I don't accuse people of things unless I have fucking receipts. And with the stealing, it was incredibly obvious. Like, I don't want to tell specifics because then it'll be, you know, I'm just trying to be ethical but also share my story here. Um, but it's just really frightening to see how somebody can – manipulate you and people around them and and then turn on this like poor me persona and try to get sympathy and they like use your empathy against you and that's just crazy so without going too far into that situation we're going to take a break and when we come back I'm going to give you some questions to ask yourself about if you might be friends with a narcissist and all of these questions will apply to any other relationship you might have with one sibling parent dating um, and there's lots of resources for that and maybe I'll do a follow-up episode on like a more specific relationship but this one will focus mostly on like friends and uh, we'll be right back to talk more about that. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. So here's some questions to ask yourself about if you might be friends with a narcissist. Uh, this is all according to choosingtherapy.com. The article is written by two doctors. You can check it out yourself. But these are kind of paraphrased into um, examples that I've seen myself. But I highly recommend reading the original article. Uh, so somebody, these all have to be severe. These examples can't just be like, your friend fished for a compliment one time and was like, are you sure my hair doesn't look stupid or like whatever? It's like compulsive and endless and never stops and applies to every situation. Like this has to be so fucking severe. So keep that in mind because sometimes people are just shitty. Sometimes people are just toxic. They're not always a narcissist. But after you hear these questions, if you answer hell yes to more than like four or five do some listen to some other podcasts of like actual doctors talking. <laughs> so a friend who's a narcissist will put their needs first. And that means like financially, like they might think that they shouldn't have to pay for dinner because you were the one who invited them to dinner, even though you said nothing about paying. Um, they will, you know, never offer gas money. They'll want you to drive them everywhere so that they don't have to spend money on on that um they'll just assume things are being taken care of like if you went and bought um like let's say you guys were gonna hang out and you went and bought like a bottle of wine or whatever they would never a bring a bottle of wine the next time and they would never like offer you any money for that or it just it's a one-way friendship financially and then also just somebody who like takes advantage of your time and they put their needs first in that way they run late. They have no apology or explanation. Um, they don't understand why you're mad that they're late. They could be an hour late. And you're like, well, dude, I have like things to do. Like, what are you doing? And they're like, why are you so mad at me? Like, you're so controlling. I have things going on too. Like, why are you acting so entitled to my time? And they're like, and you're like, wait, what? Why are you acting so entitled to my time? I just sat here for an hour. What are you talking about? Um, and like, they have a lot of rules that only apply to them, i.e., like, if you were ever late, they'd kill you. Not literally, but... Um, then the fishing for compliments thing is is very, very big. Um, 
it's like dramatic insecurity. So they might not even like narcissism is an insecurity disorder, but this is like kind of like a put on humility and sincere um, insecurity thing. Very like over the top, like let's say your friend and it's something they know the answer to. Let's say your friend is just got her hair done and it looks really good and she spent a lot of money on it and it like looks great objectively everyone would say it looks great and you haven't said anything to her about her new hair yet because you're just busy or you didn't notice or whatever and she comes up and she's like do you think my hair looks ugly I think it looks so bad I feel like everybody's gonna make fun of me like it looks so bad right and you're like no you look like Jennifer Aniston what are you talking about and they're like are you sure I don't look ugly I just feel like I look ugly in it. And then they'll like bring it up like 10 more times. And you can tell when that's somebody who's like, hey, do you think my hair looks bad? I don't know how I feel about it. Versus like something that clearly looks amazing and they just want to hear more about how it looks amazing. It being amazing is not enough. They must hear about it as well. Um, Superficial combos. Um, If you have superficial conversations with your friend, that never go deeper. Um, let's say you need something like support because a family member dies. They're not going to know what to say. So they'll just say something like stock that's like, oh, they're in a better place. Change the subject. Start talking about them. Not have any understanding. And uh, this friend of mine that I've been dealing with, like one of our friends did lose somebody. And I was um, saying something to the narcissistic friend and I was like yeah I feel like we should probably she wanted me to ask the other girl for something and I was like yeah I don't really want to do that like she's going through a lot and I just feel like we should just take care of this for her um because she has all that going on and this girl was like what does she have going on I'm like oh my god somebody died last week what the fuck are you talking about and she was like oh yeah I guess so and then that same exact conversation happened like again two weeks later and I was like girl oh my god like tell me you have no empathy without telling me you have no empathy um, but another superficial thing is like, they'll, they'll ask you no questions about yourself. They'll talk about themselves. They'll talk about things like looks and, and boys or girls or just like very, very superficial, superficial things that make them seem great. They'll brag about themselves a lot. Um, and there's a difference between a friend like sharing something they're excited about and a friend who's like trying to seem superior and you should trust your judgment on that. That friend also may only ask questions about you when they're gonna use them against you. So they also will mine for information to find things that they can either throw back in your face or say about you. So let's say, you know, for me, I had told that guy friend, I was like, hey, like I'm going through, um, I guess I told, told him, but before that I told his girlfriend, I was like, I'm going through a bipolar episode and I'm really not doing great. Um, I just need to kind of take two weeks and just ride it out, let it happen and keep to myself. And then I'll come out on the other side and I'll be great. And she told him about it, whatever. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, he's like, well, you're mentally unwell and you just haven't been doing well lately. And like everybody can tell. And I was like, well, yeah, cause I told everybody. And he's like, yeah, but you're making it other people's problem and you're taking it out on other people. I'm like, how can I take it out on everybody if I'm not talking to them? If I'm just like in my room reading, like that is the healthiest depression activity one could do that. And you know, just sleeping, but like just immediately threw the back that back in my face and was like well you're bipolar and I'm like okay well you clearly got something going on up there too buddy and then also when it comes to like questions about yourself 
or caring about you, sometimes they may show up to an excessive degree. Like listen to you talk and like talk to you about a breakup on the phone for like four hours so they can hold it over your head and be your best friend. Cause this person will also not like that you have other best friends. Um, they'll need to be your best, best friend. Uh, however long they need you in their life for their narcissistic supply, which is like attention. And they just like basically take people like a washcloth and bring them out till there's nothing left. And while they're doing that to you, they need you little washcloth to love them more than anything or anyone. Um, so they might just like be really dramatic in the ways that they support you and really inconsistent with that. So like sometimes they'll be like, okay, I can't handle Like I can't deal with this. I don't know why you're complaining to me about your dad dying. And then other times they may be like, oh my God, I can't believe he would do that to you. Like, let's talk about it and like drive over to your house in the middle of the night. Um, they'll also be entitled to your time in ways other than just being late, but in the way that they might be upset when you're hanging out with other people. They will be upset when you won't drop things to hang out with them or help them, like picking them up from the airport. Like you might have work or have something else that you really wanted to do and they won't understand and they'll be like, you never helped me. Like, and I took you to the airport and you'll be like, wait, you never took me to the airport. And then they'll start saying something crazy. And there's this whole concept within like narcissistic psychology about circular conversations, which are the biggest red flag because when a normal healthy person um normal meaning you know i guess self-aware and trying to work on themselves uh goes into an argument the goal is to come out with a solution the goal might be to be like you really think you're right and you want that other person to see you're right but you're not trying to like win anything you want them to see your perspective that's what you want and you want them to take the same approach as you but being right and winning are not the same thing. And it's also like being right and winning at all costs, no matter what you have to say, even if you have to lie, even if you have to deny everything, even if you have to gaslight somebody, like that's crazy. Um, and there's this quote online, it's called the narcissist prayer, which is a little dramatic, but this is exactly how those conversations go. That didn't happen. And if it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, that's not a big deal. And if it is, that's not my fault. And if it was, I didn't mean it. And if I did, you deserved it. And it's exactly that in circles and circles. And then they'll like hone in on something really small. You said you might have like mispronounced a word and they'll be like, oh, yeah, what do you mean by that? And then you'll get distracted and try to like explain yourself. Or then they'll take like one little thing you said and they'll try to derail the conversation onto something totally different. So like if you're like, hey, I don't like that you stole money from me. And I noticed the other day because my wallet wasn't where I put it. And then when I found it, and they're like, well, where'd you put your wallet? And you're like, well, I, I put it on the counter. And they're like, you sure you put it on the counter? Because you put your stuff everywhere. And I feel like you are always losing your things and you throw them all over the place. So maybe you lost it. And I don't know why you have to do that. And also, like, if you could start cleaning up the dishes more, like, I'm so tired of your stuff being everywhere. And I'm like, you haven't swept in weeks. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? We're talking about you stealing money from me. And then you go down the rabbit hole. And then getting yourself out requires crazy strict boundaries. Like, too crazy as in like very <laughs> um they're actually very sane and redirecting and redirecting and redirecting as if you're talking to a child and you're trying to like teach them how to ride a bike you're trying to teach them how to have an adult conversation 
another thing too is like they'll be really harsh with you and like let's say they're like oh have you been like working out because i feel like you're looking a little you don't really look like yourself are you okay are you eating all right like are you good because i feel it and i feel like you haven't been like wearing the same clothes recently like are you insecure because you've gained weight because i think you still look really good and then you'll be like wait did you say i gained weight i don't think i gained weight and then they'll be like oh my god you're always so fucking sensitive and it's always you're so sensitive like, oh, God forbid somebody let something emotionally affect them, right? Another one is blatant lies. Like, you saw them do it, and they're like, no, I didn't do it. You're always seeing things. You always come up with stuff that never makes sense. And I'm just so tired of being accused of things I didn't do. Like, that one time three years ago that you did this, and it was just so upsetting and so traumatic for me. And I cannot believe that I'm still putting up with your shit because I hate like being your friend because I'm constantly put through the ringer and you're like, what? Wait, what? Wait, we were talking about something totally different <laughs> and it just goes off the rails. And I think that the thing that I was talking to you about the, the girl I've been dealing with, like having something on camera and her still trying to deny it. I was like, Oh my God. Oh, sweetie, you are not ready for me because I will call you out and I see you and narcissists hate. They love being looked at. They hate being seen. Another thing, too, is like hostility. If you came to a friend who was like in a healthy space and and wasn't, you know, didn't have all of these issues and you were like, hey, um, so some money went missing from my wallet and I feel like you were in the room with it when I wasn't there. And I like I, I hate having to say this, but like, did you take it because you can just give it back and we'll be fine and we'll get over it. And I feel like if somebody came to me with that, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I did not do that. Um, I understand how you could think I would because I was home at that point, but I didn't do it. And um, I'd love to try to help you find out who did because that sucks. And I don't know who would do that, but that's that's wild. And, you know, um, are you sure you didn't misplace it somewhere? Like something like that. And like try to help them problem solve. Whereas a narcissist, you'd be like, hey, you know, come to them the same way, soft you know, well, well-spoken, not from anger. And they would be like, here we fucking go again with you and your crazy delusions. You just can't leave me alone. You have it out for me and you want to ruin my life. And I'm so tired of this smear campaign and you are such a narcissist. You need everybody to love you. And like, you're just like, oh my God, wait, what? Are you just saying all these things about yourself to me? And the answer is yes. And to quote my song, Effie Forever... It's my favorite line. I wrote it with my best friends, Candy Carpenter and Annie Wilgen. And the line is, I'm just a mirror reflecting and you're just an asshole projecting. And I love when y'all sing that really loud. It shows. It makes me so happy. So like hostility. And then if they do get caught and you have undeniable proof and they decide that they want to, they're just too tired to gaslight you, I guess, they will show like no remorse. And again, it'll be, that didn't happen. If it did, it wasn't that bad. If it was, that's not a big deal. And if it is, it's not my fault. And if it was, I didn't mean it. And if I did, you deserved it. And it's just that cycle over and over and over again. So that is my thoughts on this scenario. I really highly recommend, like if any of this kind of struck a nerve with you, I definitely recommend doing some more research on your own and reading some stuff. I mean, it's really difficult because all the advice out there for how to deal with this is to just put up with it and stop being friends with the person, which, you know, doesn't sound doable, but it can be. 
and your life will be better with boundaries and you can stay friends with people that are kind of toxic to you, but you just have to do it with boundaries and make sure that you protect yourself and you can still be kind. Setting boundaries and telling somebody no does not make you an asshole. It means you're looking out for yourself. Saying no when someone asks you to do something does not make you an asshole. If it's like a favor for them and you just don't have time or you can't hang out or whatever, like there's times that you can be an asshole. It's like, you know, let's say you're, uh, I keep going back to people dying, but like your friend's dad dies and it's like, hey, can you come to my funeral, like the funeral with me? Like, and you being like, oh, sorry, I don't have a social battery. It's like, okay, well, nobody has a bad social battery for a funeral, so get the fuck over it. But then there's like, hey, like, can you come shopping with me? Like, I really need to pick out a dress for this date. And it's like, oh, fuck, I really, like, I don't have the money to go. And then it's like, you're such a bad friend. You never want to hang out with me. This is the only thing I could do the episode on this week because I've been so stressed by this situation that I'm trying to not say too much about. Um, Woof. Anyways, that has been today's episode. And I hope you guys learned something from it. Again, I highly recommend talking, uh, checking out Dr. Romani's podcast. It's amazing, and there's some really great advice on there. I also like the podcast Narcissist Apocalypse. That one has a lot of great information about if you think you might be dating one. Um, but just educate yourself, protect yourself, set boundaries, be kind. But you do not need to let anybody take advantage of you. I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much to Say. But don't go asking questions that you don't Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.